welcome to episode 30 of the Salad Cast for this season with myself, Glenn Price, and joined by Ollie Warner after we were a bit moody last week, Ollie, about a, a not particularly good week, but we're coming back in much better spirits after four points in the week and, and, a, and a decent week, really, in general for Shrewsbury Town Football Club. Yeah, it was a bit, we were a bit stuck in the mud, weren't we, last yeah. week? And yeah, we had a few an interesting discussion, um, which got a bit <laughs> of feedback, which was good. Um, yeah, it'd be boring, I think, if we agreed all the time mm. and we saw everything exactly the same. Um, but yeah, no, good week. Um, I did a summary on Saturday um, late at night. I think it was when I was actually waiting to get a Chinese. Um, I thought it was a good week. Yeah, four points, a clean sheet. Manager sounds like he's getting a bit better. Yep. Um, good good week, really. Yeah, I think that's the number one thing, isn't it? We, we, we normally talk about this at the end of it, but we might as well cover it now. Is, yeah, obviously that really encouraging update from uh, Wilbraham, wasn't it, in one of the... Pre-match, post-match interviews yeah. or pre-match interviews can't remember which one now but you know sounding like Cottrell's maybe on his way to getting discharged again which is obviously a, a big step forward in his recovery so yeah you know, four points fantastic and hopefully that'll have mended his spirits this week and yeah it'd be nice to hear him getting out of hospital maybe next week and, and getting back home and just getting into that new sort of rest phase again that he tried to, to, try to go through last time I think that's probably you know I think you know results apart you know we're probably not going to get ready to get this season you know the best news for the rest of the season is going to be continually good updates about the manager's health isn't it? Yeah definitely if we get relegated from this position we deserve to go down well true <laughs> fairly catastrophic set of results for that to happen wouldn't it but um <laughs> yeah it would be catastrophic and i don't see the i think the players on their own would probably do enough now yeah they seem to be quite a good bunch don't they you hear aaron wilbraham talking and it's very consistent you know the messages they get out that the players try really hard and they seem to work really hard as a team back each other up so i think we'll be fine yes it's nine points which you'd like it to be 15 or whatever but i think the, the point gap is, is pretty good. As long as we maintain it, pick up a point here and there, um, keep that maintaining. Relegation battle is tough, isn't it? Because you've yeah. got Burton Albion and Rovers flying. Burton Albion have got... There's only two teams in the league with the all-green five wins in a row, and that's Hollow atop and Burton Albion, who are 18th, which is just phenomenal. A bit crazy, isn't it? Yeah. As I say, that's it's a nine-point gap, but we have got those games in hand as well, haven't we? Which is the yes. thing that I think we're Against probably... tough teams, yeah. but teams that we seem to do well against. Well... Yeah, that's true. And teams we didn't tend to do well against were teams down the bottom, Ollie. And it's nice this week to have put a hoodoo by beating the bottom team away. Um, and we'll come to that game in a minute. And obviously, you know, coming away from Charlton feeling disappointed. So two things that maybe I didn't expect at the start this week, but um, they happened. So I'm all good with that. So yeah, we'll we'll go through uh, the two games we've had this week, um, positive results. And um, Brian Caldwell did a, a good update on the club website on YouTube of a few things to do with season tickets, budgets, um, what kind of vodka he likes to drink. So um, it's well worth a listen, but we'll, we'll cover that as well because it's always good to get one of Brian's updates. Um, so yeah, Ollie, lots to do. Let's crack on, boss. Despite Holt's girl, it's been Shrewsbury who've had the better of this first period. And there's an opportunity that's headed in by Gavin Coward. They're back in front. Okay, first game this week then. Rochdale nil, Shrewsbury Town 2. Um, goals to Josh Daniels and... Josh Vella, attack of the Joshes. Um, so yeah, fantastic result um, to get us back on track after a bit of a sticky patch. And uh, yeah, good stuff, Ollie. You know, normally when we're doing these agendas, anyone listens to the podcast regularly, I kind of tend to dip into the stats. But I've been a busy boy. Uh, it's been Mother's Day today, and uh, all sorts going on. So Ollie, you you did a few stats this time, didn't you? Which was which was good of you, Ollie. Yeah, I was doing it in the week. I just felt like I wanted to have a look. So yeah, since we last um, won at Rochdale's in two thousand and one, and we've played them twelve times. We've lost nine times away and drawn three. Um, including in that, we've played them seven times in League Two, five times in League One. And I think it's fair to say that you know, this was an overdue win. And you know, considering the fact that when we played them in the Hurst season, we had Henderson, Maxlow, Ben Godfrey and Carlton Morris. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, we felt like we were never going to do it. But I guess what we did, Glyn, is we got an agent, a secret spy in, and we got Aaron Wilbraham, and he helped us lead us to a victory. For sure, yeah. It's funny, isn't it? I was looking back, and it's, um, you know, whatever, it's 2001. It's a long time ago. West Westlife were number one the last time we won at Spot. I was at Spotland. university it's that a, long ago. It's such a long time ago. I remember, but uh, I did go to that game, and it was the 7-1, wasn't it? The, 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 the amazing yeah. result we had there with Rogers and... Uh, I can't remember who scored the other goals now. I did look at it in the week. But um, yeah, it's been too long coming, Ollie. But yeah, go on. What other stats have you got? Well, Harry Potter, the first Harry Potter film came out in 2001. <laughs> That's how long a time ago it was. Um, yeah, um, Salop, um, yeah, good for us in terms of obviously we got uh, the first win after three games without a win and yeah. the first clean sheet after five games um, with, of conceding. So that was good. So yeah, fantastic. And um, 
yeah, who, who, what was this team? What was the starting eleven that helped us break this record? Well, yeah, first first clean sheet in five games, you say, and yeah, we started with a different goalkeeper, didn't we? So we discussed at yeah. length last week, Ollie, about Matthias Sarkic's kicking and whether he was carrying an injury. We were right again, Ollie. He was carrying an injury and uh, needs a bit of time out. So yeah, Harry Burgoyne was reinstalled as goalkeeper, um, and then we had Walker, E Banks, and Williams as the three centre backs. Um, Josh Daniels and Ogbetta keeping their places at the wing back positions, and then a midfield three uh, changed around again of Davis Goss and Vela with Ado and Wally up front. So lots of changes, Ollie. And after how we played in those last two games, particularly in those two home games, Ollie, and we were pretty negative last week, I guess I couldn't really be too critical of making lots of changes because we did need a little bit of a just an injection of something different um, because, yeah, I say, those last five games had gone a bit stale, hadn't it? Had gone a bit stale. Felt like players were carrying injuries two games a week have been counting up and a bit of rotation was good. I think it's also helpful that Walker has come back that's a really good addition to the squad because obviously he can play in two different roles, can't he? Yeah. And I thought, you know, Wally needed a rest. I thought it was also good to give Chapman a rest as well. So, yeah, we've gone for it. It's interesting. We, we didn't really talk about this last week. And we're obviously very positive about like the not rotating. But, yeah, it's definitely it's kind of come to roost, wasn't it, in terms of not rotating enough. Players got tired. And, yeah, a few fresh faces. And for one, I thought, for example, Wally and Walker looked really fresh. Yeah. What do you think about Main getting, you know, not playing? Do you think that was resting or, you know, just to get him out of the firing line of, of not having scored for a while or Ado's been pushing for a place? What did you make of that one? Probably a bit of both, isn't it? It's probably a dose. I'm sure has been fantastic in training, you know, really good lad and, you know, really good professional and probably giving Maine a bit of a rest as well. Mm, okay. I, think, I think you can only categorically say someone has dropped if they do a howler or they play really badly. Has he played really badly? No, I don't think he's played really badly. Has he played really well? No, he hasn't done no. that either. So I think it's a bit of a resting for me. Yeah, I, agree. I would agree, Ollie. I, you know, after what I said about him last week, I don't don't consider yeah. that he got dropped. Um, but I just think you know a, a change is as good as a rest sometimes, isn't it? For for the team. So yeah, it was interesting. And it, players it felt... are performing. You can't justify it, can you? To the others, no. And it felt a little bit. You know, we talked last week about how the team selection we picked for for the last game was one that didn't scream having a lot of goals in it. I mean, this one doesn't scream. It's got a lot of goals in it. But just with Gossado and Wally, um, with maybe a Daniels not better on the, on the wing back positions. It just felt a tiny little bit more attacking and a tiny little bit more maybe creative in those moments. Um, and it turned out we scored two goals. So maybe, maybe that was the key. But um, yeah, I, I still wouldn't say this game was amazing, Ollie. <laughs> it was no. classic League One fair for the first half, wasn't it? Two two halves, really. Two True, really yeah. different halves. First half, Dale definitely dominated. And I think we were lucky to get in at half time without conceding. Mm. Second half, we were good. And for me, you look at the results around the league, you know, you see surprises every week one moment or one passage of play defines a game and I think that's what happened in this game and we'll come to it at the start of the second half. One brilliant piece of football um, from Shrewsbury in 55 minutes defined the whole game um, and it's about taking your chances and that's something yep. that Dale didn't do in the first half. Would you say that's true? Glenn? I would I would say that Dale's overall uh, end, ending you know, result losing 2-0 in a game, they did play okay in for bits of it but not take good chances. I mean, that's classic team that gets relegated isn't it do you know what I mean it's the sort of thing that yeah. even when you're actually doing okay you somehow find ways to lose the game and I feel like in some respects they certainly did I mean we definitely stepped up a little bit in the second half and, and probably were a bit better and, and managed to take a bit more of the game but you know they made the mistakes and missing their chances and, and obviously what happened with the goal yeah they, they were the architects of their own downfall in some respects I think Mark Elliott tweeted something for that like as a bit of a summary of the game. We, you know, Burgoyne made a couple of errors and we got away with it. And that's the kind of the, the luck that a side that stays up sometimes has. Fingers crossed, touch wood, yeah. all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But yeah, let's get into it. So in terms of, yeah, as you say, Glenn, a bit of a sloppy start from Shrewsbury, continuing that first half of not very, very good in, in, in possession. There was an eek moment when Williams took out their player. Did you think that was a red or a yellow? Uh, he's breaking breaking away, wasn't he? I mean, I think there was enough cover for it to have only been a yellow. To be honest with you, I can see why Rochdale were asking for it, and probably why if it was in the meadow and it was all the way around, I would have been screaming for it as well. But when you're watching it on um, iFollow, you can see a little bit more of the pitch, can't you? Then maybe maybe if you're uh, sat down in a dugout and you're the opposition manager. But um, I, yeah, I think a, a yellow card was fair there. But um, it, it was just one of a few worrying moments where they did break on us a couple of times, and we had to be quite smart with sort of little tackles here and there, and and make sure we did did the job. That one, obviously, all Williams could do in that situation was was, was get the ball to stop the attack but um, yeah you know they were, they were honest weren't they in their opening 20 minutes Rochdale it was obviously when they were their, they were at their best I think in the opening 20 minutes because you know clearly they were in an absolutely terrible position this game was massive for them and there was nothing to be gained by them sitting back they did they did attempt to put us to the sword in those early stages 
Yeah, and they were terrible. They hadn't scored yeah, um, in seven games. Um, it was eight after this one. No, seven <laughs> games, including this one. Sorry, they did score at the weekend. But yeah, it was it was poor, and we gave them chances. So yeah, tank giveaway in our own half, resulting in a shot from Humphreys, and then there was a bit of a yeah Christ moment where corner comes in, <laughs> and Burgoyne comes to try and grab the ball. He doesn't, and then there's just like an absolute scramble. And if um, if a certain manager is in charge, Glenn, that ball would have definitely gone in the back of the net. Yeah, it was, but uh, you know, it, old Daniels was there, wasn't he, to save the day, which was which was fortunate. But yeah, a bit of a scrappy moment on that one. And um, yeah, I mean, we'll probably want to talk about this in the second game, where it was a bit more a focus on Burgoyne, I suppose. But you know, this was his first game back for a while. I wasn't I wasn't expecting him to be perfect with every ball in the air because he never was, even in that first spell when he played for us at the start of the season. But you know, def- definitely something that you know maybe teams are starting to, to see with with Burgoyne when he plays that. When you put that corner in or a ball comes in, he's he's not the best at just straight up catching the ball. And even when he goes to punch, sometimes he can get it just that little bit wrong, Carney, and it looks worse than it is sometimes. And, and sometimes he just pu- purely makes the mistake. And um, yeah, definitely one of his weaknesses that he's got to work on, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. And I think it's one of those things that he needs to play more to get confidence. You know, I always, I always say this all the time. It's a bit, maybe a bit of a broken record. You know, I want to give players a bit of a run before I truly judge them. And coming in and out as a goalkeeper, I think, is really tough. And, you know, definitely the defence is settled with Sarsic and they're used to him. A goalkeeper coming in is always a big, a big, how to put it, it's, yeah, it's always a bit of a shock to the back line, I think, when you bring a new goalkeeper in. But he did make a few mistakes, um, which does make you worry a little bit. Yeah, his kicker was fine. Um, I just, just mentioned... Uh... I saw my mum this week, you know, outside the door as we usually do through lockdown, and we just happened to get talking about football because she's obsessed about it as I am in some respects. And uh, yeah, she admonished me for being too mean about Harry Burgoyne um, over this season. And uh, yeah, so she <laughs> she'll be pleased to hear you, uh, you know, saying let's give him a bit more time. And I think that's fair. You know, he's he's coming and done a job for us because our obvious number one goalkeeper's injured, and he's come out of this week with a clean sheet and uh, you know, twelve minutes away from getting a second one, which is which is not too bad as an overall contribution to the week, is it? Yeah, but I think when we get to Charlton, I might be a little bit more critical. <laughs> but um, yeah, in terms of in terms of in terms of you know you know writing him off and stuff, he needs more time. But yeah, he he's he's doing okay, but he's not he's not doing enough. And I don't think I'd want him to be our number one going to next season. Mm. Let's put, I'm happy to be a number two, but I wouldn't like him to be our our main goalkeeper on the showing we've had so far. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think I'd happily keep him on as a number two. It's fine. I still like him because he's a local lad and all that. You know me, taken in by the sentimentality. sentimentality all that sort of thing but um, there we go we did have one more sort of a chance or half chance as, as we went forward but um, undone really by a, a bit of poor passing wasn't it Ollie? Yeah this is really frustrating and again it's, it's a very much a theme now so sat at the counter attack and Ado could have put Wally through or at least you know he would have been one on one with a defender yep. and he just passed too short it was a bit sloppy um, and yeah poor, really poor moment for me yeah, really poor. And then we had Goss to thank for another quick counter attack that was sprung on us. Um, and then yeah, we finally had our first shot shot in the half, didn't we? When Wally had a shot, which was which wasn't brilliant, but um, at least it, it kind of contributed something towards the game. But in general, that first half went past with with very little um, to to be excited about going forward, which is from a, yeah yeah from a town's point of view. But you know, for me, defense looked solid all the way through the first half. Walker, Banks, and Williams all looked uh, all looked on it, and uh, Better and Daniels were were decent enough to get the back and and got forward as much as they could really. But I think it was those again the three midfielders and maybe Goss stood out a little bit more than Davis and Vela. But you know, Davis and Vela were pretty plodding in that first half, and just a bit too much passing between each other. And, and not really going anywhere at times and um, they need to get more games together as well before they'll understand each other's game we've, we're obviously in Auburn being out now and they're going to maybe be that partnership for the next couple of weeks by the sounds of it Yeah, n- not a great first half but the second half was definitely better and we started calmer I thought I thought we tried to pass the ball more um, and yeah, not a lot too much happened before we did score but the goal was an absolute Brilliant bit of football, and I have to say, probably one of the best goals in League One, and probably in the whole football league on on Tuesday night. There was ten passes with most of the team involved; at least half the team was involved. Um, basically, we go from kind of like left to right, back over to the left, um, Vela to Worley, to better back to Worley, and Worley puts in an absolute superb cross to Daniels, who had been instructed by um, the manager and Aaron Wilbraham to get in at the back post. Comes flying in for a header. Um, really, really nice header um, and possibly the best team goal of the season in terms of passes and move. 
Well, we haven't scored that many, Ollie, so it's probably going to be right up there, um, <laughs> to be honest with you. But all the best goals have been long range, haven't they? But um, yeah, it was, yeah. A, it was a really nice bit of play, wasn't it? I, initially, I thought it was Vela that had crossed it in because he was involved in the nice bit of interchange on the left-hand side. But it was obviously Wally who put the cross in and, and got another assist this season, which is which was fantastic. But I mean, I have to say on Daniels, the lad's got a hell of a leap on him, hasn't he? And he mentioned it in his post-match con- uh, press conference. I listened to him talking. He was like, a lot of teams in this league won't know how good I am in the air, which was quite interesting to hear. But I, I know I, I sort of heard that on after this game and obviously saw what he did in terms of getting it really high and actually watched him um, a bit more closely than I suppose we do sometimes um, even when he's doing his defensive headers he gets it really high you know he's just got a massive leap on him so yeah paid off on this one he, he timed it perfectly didn't he headed it sort of towards the top corner I think the keeper kind of spam handed it in a little bit he got a lot of hand on it he would have expected him to maybe keep it out but yeah that's that's what happens when you're down the bottom things like that happen and uh, we were one nil up and I, I felt one, one, one goal was going to be enough in this game it was, it was sort of standard league one wasn't it that you thought one goal would win it um, once we got the first, you, you hope we go and get the second. But it, it felt a little bit like that would probably be the yeah. You, you put game defining moment here. It clearly was. Yeah, it was against the side that was struggling, lack of confidence. Uh, we could then sit back and play our more natural game. Then couldn't we? We could counter attack. Um, I'd say Dale's best efforts came from set pieces. We I think we missed Pierre as well defending set pieces as well. Feel more assured when he's there. Mm-hmm. And then again, as you said, Glenn, um, your man Daniels um, wins a header on the edge of the box. Um, we win the second ball after that. And then um, Vela to Ado, um to Worley with a really nice through ball from Worley. He plays it behind the defender that kind of makes him check his run, which gives Vela that little bit more time. He runs into the box and he finishes his right foot, um, second assist of the day for Worley, and a really, really nice um, counter-attacking goal. Yep. Um, and here's another stat for you, Glenn. Um, it was Vela's last goal since September. Yeah, he's been waiting a while, hasn't he, to be fair? Considering he got, like, everyone on Radio Shop, she often listed it, they say, Vela got 10, 12 goals in League One in a season once, and he didn't ever look like he's going to score 12 goals for us, but he clearly has got the ability to finish with, with some calmness, and, um, yeah, he showed showed some calmness. I wish some of our strikers had in that situation, Ollie, which we'll come to against uh, Charlton, but, yeah, really good goal. I mean, I have to give Wally a lot of credit, um, and I'll come to some stats that I had a look at this week, but, um, yeah, essentially, Wally, it came to him, didn't he? It was almost like a first-time sort of pass through to to Vela which was the most impressive thing about it and he just knew where to put it didn't he the key, the sort of defender was a little bit wrong footed just played it behind him lovely and, and Vela was in and yeah 2-0 get super super game over then and um, on, on Wally Ollie, and I mentioned this to you in the week is that you know we look at all the goals and assists he's got this season so he's our top goal scorer and he's our top assist maker Ollie, uh, Wally is this season which is Mental, really, isn't it? No one's even anywhere near him, really, I suppose. Um, but that means he's been involved in the games he's played in about 36, I think it's 36 or 37% of all the goals we've scored in those games, which is a huge amount for him to have been involved in and, and has pointed out that despite he missed, I think it was the whole of October, wasn't it, out injured, he's been absolutely massive to this season and, and what we've done in terms of the goal scoring output. It hasn't been huge, but he's always played a big part in everything sort of decent that we've done, really, hasn't he? Yeah, I saw a bit of a chat in the weekly about should we give him a new contract and given you know his number of assists and the number of goals he's got. And let's be fair as well, you know we're not in a, a very good attacking outfit, so I think every goal and assist is is almost more valuable this season. And we're not free scoring, are we? So I'm really pleased with his output. And I'm sure he is as well physically as well. He seems like you know he's really good. And even if he even if we keep him next season, he's more of an impact sub. You know bringing him on and terrorising a left-back or a centre-half, winning some penalties and, and getting some assists or the odd goal. Yeah. He's definitely a player I'd like to keep in the squad because he's also versatile as well. You know, We were, we questioned him playing up front, but he's been really good. Um, and I think in this game, and one thing I liked, really, I, we missed, I'm linking back to that main conversation we had last week, he was doing loads of running, wasn't mm-hmm. he? He was mm-hmm. making loads of runs. And when you see the positioning on map of this game, he was miles ahead of everyone else. Um, and his his running and, and the space that he was creating um, was a bit was a big threat for us. Yeah, his experience is huge, isn't he? In terms of what what he brings to us in an attacking winning sense. free kicks yeah. as well. Like, I remember the Stanley game with a co commentator being a bit tongue in cheek comments about Wally, but he can win you those free kicks and those important moments. A bit like Grant used to do for yep. us. Yep, that's gonna be fascinating to see what we do with him in the summer. I mean, even if we weren't to offer him a contract, there's almost certainly going to be takers for him at League One, League Two level. You know, down the bottom of League One. League Two level definitely could do another season that level. So um, yeah, he certainly won't be out of a club um, at, the, at the start of next season. I would I would imagine, but um, be good to see him stay here. And he's definitely got a rapport with our fans, hasn't he, for everything he's done over yeah. the years. So makes and he's sense. settled here as well. Yeah, makes so he's, sense. I remember an interview a while ago. He said that he moved here quite straight away with his missus, and he's been here obviously years now. So yeah, hopefully he can um, hopefully he can get another contract. 
He will. And then, obviously, this game was done, 2-0. Um, there was time for the man that was probably already most people's man of the match to do something else that uh, maybe he's nailed it down for him, which was uh, make an absolutely unreal tackle to, to save a, a late Rochdale shot, didn't he? Yeah, it was absolutely superb. So, yeah, Rochdale um, were attacking, just about to pull the trigger, and Daniels comes flying in and puts Oof, his body on the unreal. line. I think he got a massive bruise for it. He was talking about that after the game. And, yeah, an absolutely brilliant, superb block tackle from Daniels. And, he was already mad of the match, but that's kind of put him in. On yeah. I didn't understand how any, how anyone voted for anyone else. I saw some saw some other players got some votes on the the Shrewsbury Town um, voting for player of the game. But mm-hmm. yeah, he was definitely man of the match. Yeah, I, I said to you tonight in the week that you know you don't often remember really good block tackles for very long. Not many stand out in your memory, do they? Like, um, and I the only one you know if I thought back, what was the best block sort of tackle I could think of was um, James Bolton at West Ham in the cup yeah. when we went down there and played that them. Was a it good just memory. always sticks in my mind that one. But this was just as impressive, to be honest with you. I mean, yeah, it was against Rochdale and the game was already done, but just superb technique really and, and really brave and he's really quick, isn't he? In that situation, we read the game really fast, so that was fine. But other than that, we just sat back, saw the game out, classic, classic, really two 0 up away from home. Um, we just saw it out really easy and, and Dale didn't really threaten us too much for the rest of the game did they and, and there that was it 2-0 beat the team bottom of the league did the Rochdale's uh, hoodoo and uh, yeah you couldn't really ask them more than that on a Tuesday night Ollie no not at all and let's do the man- just do the assistant manager comments now so yeah he said it was a great team performance we started shaky but once we settled we were the better side fully deserved and we let them have, we let them have a few chances we need to learn from that we need to start better um, we have we, we need to have confidence to pass and Vela has been a most consistent performer he goes to talk about and the manager also picked him out for, for some praise at the end of the game um, which I thought was fair um, so yeah who's your top three Glenn? My top three, uh, yeah, obviously Daniels was man of the match, as we just mentioned, um, quite clearly, uh, you know, about his overall performance, he was really good getting up and down, he was defensively much more solid in this game than he was against Charlton, where he was up against a couple more tricky wingers, I thought, but yeah, did did a job enough against a, a pretty uh, poor uh, Rochdale outfit, so yeah, Daniels man of the match, obviously, um, I went, you know, it, the rest of it was a bit of a toss-up really, but I went for Goss um, second, again, I just thought he was quite effective in that role he played, um, without being particularly flashy, and I went for Wally third, um, for the assists really um, both of them were really good um, but you know a bit harsh on Vela not to get in my top three but um, I don't know after Daniels there was no one really else that stood out massively for me yeah I had to search a little bit for my third choice if I'm honest um, I was maybe cheating a little bit I used data um, and actually Williams had loads more tackles and headers to win and he won quite a lot of them so I went for Williams third um, and then yeah I went for Wally second um, I thought he's brilliant. He's obviously two assists. That's, 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 that's a very great, good contribution. Mm-hmm. And Daniels is obvious, I thought. Yep, yeah, good stuff. Okay, there we go. Good start to the week. So it made this head towards London um, against uh, a team we've got a little bit of history with over recent times, Ollie. So, yes, we shall move now to Charlton Athletic. That's Nolan! It's Spitzer and John Nolan! Shrewsbury Town, the team who've stood tall amongst Giants in League One this season. So, on Saturday, Shrewsbury Town away at Charlton Athletic, two away games in a week. Um, the, the game ended one all, and Washington scored on, on 78 minutes for Charlton Athletic, and Sean Goss scored a superb goal on, on 56 minutes. Mm. Um, so, how, so obviously that was four points this week, Glenn. Where does that put Cottrell in terms of you, you tracking the best ever start for a Shrewsbury Town manager? Yeah, we often, we've been talking about this because he's been right up there first, second, first, second, all the way uh, sort of since he took over. Um, but yeah, he's down to third now. But, you know, that's because he's picked up after losing some points now. But, you know, third best start for a shooter time manager in history. And only Mickey Mellon's top now after 19 games in charge. Um, but he's only, Cottrell's only three points behind where Mickey Mellon was after that period of time. And um, so, in all in all, you know, we had that little bump in the road, those five games, but he's still tra- charting right up the top of, of the best ever start, despite not actually ever being here. So, um, yeah, still still impressive, Ollie. So, there we go. Um, we'll move back to to the game though um, yeah team selection because there was a few changes again Ollie yeah there was yeah so Burgoyne stayed in goal and Pennington came in Ebanks and Williams and remained in the side um, Daniels started Daniels has started a lot of games now hasn't he uh, to right wing back I think this might be his sixth game in the row or something like that yeah yeah um, and then Walker um, pushed forward into central midfield. Um, and I'd describe this more of a kind of, I don't know, it's a bit of a, a funny formation. We've got like 3-5-1-1 one, one maybe, um, because you've got Walker, Vela and Goss definitely kind of, for me, made a bank of three almost when we defended. But then when we attacked, Chapman and Goss were like two number 10s. And I think Goss is, I think that's why the manager loves Goss so much, because 
in a defensive um, play, he plays as a normal central midfielder. But when we attack, we play as a 10. And I think that's why some teams call us a 4-3-3 rather than a, a 4-2-3-1, because Goss's movement is brilliant. Yeah, it's interesting. At the start of the season, if we often lamented and kind of wondered what Goss's position was, didn't we? Quite a lot last yeah. season. I remember talking about it. And if at the start of the season we'd have said what kind of player is Goss, we would have probably said deep lying, you know, quarterback central midfielder, didn't we? But yeah. obviously, in the chances he's had, particularly since he came back from being uh, frozen out by Ricketts, he's shown he can do the number ten or the, the sort of number seven, you know, tucked in off a striker role pretty effectively. And you're right when we're in a situation where we're away at a team like Charlton, who are obviously pretty good and, and having a decent enough season compared to us. You know, he's the perfect um, kind of player, isn't he, to slot into that role where he gives us the defensive solidity. And you're right, when we get forward, he's he's probably more um, of a threat springing forward than say a Vela, a Vela or Norban were, you know, on the basis of the rest of the season. So yeah, I think it works quite well. I, I do think that you know, in, in general, when we were attacking, you couldn't say he was deep. He was he was definitely up there and um, had a reasonably good game, I thought. But. Yeah, overall team selection. Uh, you know, interesting to see Walker getting a chance in midfield for the first time in bloody absolutely ages. Um, and yeah, Pennington comes back in, which which I thought was okay because he did pretty good. So um, that was fine. And then yeah, Main back in for Udo. Um, obviously, neither of them can score at the moment, which is a bit of a problem. So it doesn't doesn't really make much difference to be honest with you at the moment. But not in terms of goals. But yeah, he's obviously had a week, a, a day, a sort of half a week's rest, and yeah, came back in fully, fully, fully fit. I would imagine. Yeah, I thought Pennington was actually really good when he came on. We didn't mention that, but I thought he came off the bench in the game and did of the really week. Yeah, good job on Tuesday night. Yeah, I thought he was really good. And yeah, that team had quite was quite settled. It's not again as we keep talking about. It's not super attacking, um, but again counter attacking. Uh, and if we are going to counter attack, we need to do it through passing the ball and possession because we don't have a lot of pace in that side. And um, that's one of the weaknesses, I guess, of this lineup. But I think it's fair to say, Glenn, we started this game kind of how we finished this, the the other game. Um, we started quite calmly and both sides were trying to pass the ball. Yeah, both sides were trying to pass the ball. I say it was a sort of 10, 15 minutes went past of both teams playing football, trying to knock it round, but neither of them creating any chances really were there uh, for, for that first 15 minutes that um, I can remember. It was obviously only yesterday, so but it was it was pleasant enough on the eye, wasn't it? It wasn't a dull, dreary League One game. It was two teams trying to play play something uh, interesting. Uh, if you ask Charlton fans, they'll say that we sat back and played deep for the entire game. We were really boring and negative, well, and that is not you're true. Right. <laughs> I'm going to pick you up there, Glyn. And you're a bit like how you picked me up on the um, on the grumpy Pompey fans and the grumpy Ipswich fans, <laughs> and some fans because I've got. I always said you know, I've got a good friend of mine um, who's yes, a Charlton true fan, enough, true and enough. Uh, messaged me at half time and he was saying he thought it was a really good game and both teams were going for it and playing some good stuff. So yeah, hey, you Ollie, if, there's some, the if, la- there's, if there's something we do well on this podcast, it's sweeping generalisations. You should know about that. <laughs> <laughs> That's very very fair, Glyn. I have to I have to agree with you there. And it's also it actually makes it more fun, doesn't? if you, if you yeah. do do that anyway but um, yeah I thought yeah um, anyway Glenn there was an opportunity wasn't it in the first half maybe for a pen Goss went down uh, yeah I didn't, think, I didn't think it was a pen just to be clear I, I on the on the time I thought there was a covering defender that came around and sort of nicked it away didn't he for a corner yeah um, I think he got his foot in but look at, you know, looking at it at first view, I thought, oh, he might have got caught there. And if there's no covering defender, that's a good shout for a penalty. Um, but looking back on the replay, it didn't look like there was all that much contact was there and he kind of just slipped and went down. But um, yeah, you know, let's call for the molly. You've got to call for him, haven't you? You won't get anything unless you call for him. But yeah, probably not a, a fairly good penalty claim, that's for sure. But you've seen him give him. Yeah, it was. It was. I think he's got a toe in this. this the, the replay was good. Probably, if I'd been at the game, I'd probably been tweeting yeah. that was a penalty Screaming. and been robbed. But yeah, I think the replay showed he got his, he's got his toe in. Um, and then I thought the, the half was. I thought we did quite well, and then I think they dominated, kind of like twenty to thirty minutes in. Um, a bit of a counter attack from from um, from Charlton um, from the goalkeeper, superb bit of play, cut back and and a shot and headed away by um, by the, by Williams. I thought that was a nice bit of play. Um, then we did have a shot. It took us a while. Um, really nice um, back heel from a Daniels from a from a throw in, and Maine has a shot. Um, and then Stockley had an opportunity inside the box, and I thought that was a really poor effort. Um, he shoots at Burgoyne, who saves, but you you would have thought he would have scored there, wouldn't you, Glenn? That was the best chance of the half, wasn't it? They should they should have scored yeah. from that. But um, Harry Harry did well on that one, to be fair. It was hit pretty hard at him, straight at him, to be fair. But he didn't spill it. You know, that's something he did a couple of times in those early weeks, didn't he? But he kept it, didn't spill it, and um, couldn't really argue with the goalkeeper keeping on that one per se but um yeah 
was it. But yeah, lots of prettyish football at times, but not not very many shots. That's all you could really say about that half. One thing I would say on Main about that shot he had, obviously he was from an acute angle, but interestingly, um, I think you jinxed him last week because you basically said he doesn't have that many chances in a game, does he? And I agreed in the end. But actually, he had three chances in this game and he didn't test the goalkeeper once, which is maybe a little bit under par for, for what he you might did. have expected. He did. did he? In the second half, he forced a save for a corner from the Daniels cross. Oh, I forgot about that one. That's true. But the other that, ones yeah. were a bit more from distance. But yeah, so, that's true. Yeah, but were they clear-cut chances? Probably maybe the Daniels one, but I know I see what you're saying, Lenny. He is having some shots. Yeah, you saying that one that um, you saying the one where it was he sort of toe-ended it and the goalkeeper pushed it around the post. Yeah, yeah, I was going wide, yeah. Ollie. I'm, I'm not having that. I was going wide. <laughs> he did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, yeah, but that wasn't the, that wasn't the definition of what you said. Uh, you I said know. Forced the goalkeeper interaction. <laughs> he did. Yeah, he did force the goalkeeper interaction. He was going wide. Um, there we go. We'll get to that one in a minute in the second half. But yeah, I don't know. I just um, you know, it, we we did have the discussion last week. It's probably not worth reiterating it. But again, he's gone another two games at a goal. It's just it's a bit unfortunate, isn't it? And 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 we did say I would say what we said about it. He's going to be here to do a job, and then he'll be off in the summer. So yeah, hopefully he gets a couple of goals before he goes. It would be good for him. But um, yeah, it's just not happening, unfortunately. But it's not happening for a doe either and we'll get to that second half Ollie. but yeah you know reason, reasonable first half we were still in it you'd, you'd take that really wouldn't you after some of the pressure they had as the half went on and um, yeah you'd, look, you'd look, for, look for us to get going in the second half and we certainly did that pretty much straight away didn't we yeah we did um, we did um, this is a really really nice bit of play um, superb football both sides were quite happy to let the other side have possession um, but I thought the, the, the chart on here weren't very happy I thought they sat back too deep so basically we have the ball um, he goes to Pennington. Pennington moves forward. He Goss makes a really good run um, in, into around the back of the back of the centre half, um, and Pennington curls in a, a lofted cross and a diving header. An absolutely superb goal. Yeah. It's amazing for a number of reasons. I mean, Goss is, you know, just his continued recovery from the frozen out section is just, is fantastic really, isn't it? And it's a really good header. You know, he really just dives and, and you know, like a proper diving header. It's almost like a bit of an old school sort of forwards uh, header, wasn't it, to be fair? And, and really yeah. good cross in. And it wasn't until I saw the replay back and I thought, ah, oh, that's, that's a good cross from, you know, I thought it was whoever, one of the more attacking players, Chapman or whether Daniels had been down that wing. And then, you know, you look and it's like, oh, Pennington cross that. <laughs> it's like, where yeah. did that come from? A fair play. It was a really good little floated cross. And um, it's a bit interesting, aren't Because Pennington's now got more assists than Harry Chapman has, which is a bit bonkers, really, isn't it, when you think about it? Yeah, it is. That goes back to my comment, doesn't it, about, about Chappers doing a bit more in all, in all-round play. He does. But I'll tell you what's fascinating, though. Goss has scored um, three goals in, in ten starts. It's mad. Yeah, it's mad. So you, play him, so you play him more regularly. Maybe you could score more goals. And again, you know... We are, you know, we don't have a, a our tonight goal score. We've got Sean Wally with six league goals now, but there's quite a few players now are on three because you've got Goss, you've got Norburn, you've got a Doe. Obviously, Pierre's missing at the moment. He's got four, and yep. Chapman's got five. So yes, we don't have a, a main goal scorer, but a few other players are chipping in, which is good. It is, but we just don't. We don't score many goals. Do we? When you look at the amount no. of goals we've scored per, per game, you know, compared to most teams in this division, it's so low. You know, that's why it's funny when you we had a big discussion last week, and you were going on about all of the teams down the bottom and um, how many goals score, how many goals their sort of main strikers have scored. And then I went back and looked yeah. at it, and actually, yeah, that's true. You know, they are scoring more goals, but it's because the teams are scoring more goals than we are in general. Well, no, no. So. That, that, well, my point was about the fact that we can uh, exactly I'm saying that we. Yeah, I was saying that you know we we should aspire to get a goal scorer because even teams at the bottom have one. But um, yeah, and Hemming scored three again this weekend. I know, yeah, <laughs> madness. Mad. Yeah, but they are you know more seemingly more creative, but also seemingly way crap crap at defensive work as well. So you know, there's always that trade off, isn't there? We've clearly gone through three years now of our trade off being defensive solidity in general because we've had three seasons where we haven't really conceded that many goals. We've had, we've had that trade off. I mean, I've, I'm done with that trade off. Can we just you know start to open the taps up and score a few more goals? I don't. Mind if we concede a few more goals as long as we win the games but yeah who knows what who knows what Cottrell will do next season we'll have to see what his approach is but um, 1-0 up yeah away at Charlton and fantastically Ollie the iFollow camera pans across from smiling Pennington and Goss celebrating to miserable old uh, Lee Boyer with a sad old face on his, on his on his mush again looking really sad that was a highlight of the game for me he looked really pissed off and you've always got to enjoy putting one over Lee Bowie Ollie <laughs> Yeah, I'm not really as bothered about this holy belly thing, to be honest. As some people, <laughs> we've had this um, before, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, but yeah, fair play. We got we got the we got the goal that we needed. But unfortunately, uh, we couldn't keep them out, could we? The game went no. a bit weird now, didn't it? Because we sat back, and I thought we sat back too deep. 
um, but we Too still quick. were attacking. Yeah. So this is when we had that chance for Maine. Really good cross um, from Daniels, um, showing what you can do in the attacking third. And Maine pokes it forward, but the keeper um, saves it for a corner. Um, as you say, he probably was going wide, Glenn. Yeah, um, yeah. And then Washington hit the crossbar, and that was a, that was a bad miss. <sighs> do you know what? I've seen some misses this weekend, haven't we? We'll obviously get to ours in a little bit. But yeah, this was the worst miss in the game for me, as much as Edwards is an open goal. You know, he's, what, five yards out? And he smashes, smashes onto the crossbar with very little pressure. So yeah, that was the chance for them to get back level a bit sooner wasn't it but um you know we'll talk about the misses we go on have you seen the miss i uh that um uh john lewis did this week for grimsby have you seen it or not yet yeah i did and i grimaced i was like oh <laughs> that yeah. was a bad miss uh, when, so what i thought is that you know we've seen all these misses in this game you know the one from washington for them and then obviously um you know edwards ado and i suppose uh, you know another couple of ones in, in 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 the game but yeah nothing was as bad as john lewis's he's literally for anyone who hasn't seen it he's one yard out the ball comes to him the keeper is uh, exposed there's no defenders around him and he pumps it onto the bar from like one yard away and uh, I was re- I was looking at the the sort of tweeting and the, of the match report and stuff from some of the people that were there and it was just like it's incredible I've never seen anything like it so I'd like maybe someone should send that to Curtis Main he might feel a bit better about his one against Wolves all those years ago because it was probably worse than that <laughs> and what was the impact for Grimsby did they get anything in that game I think they drew they're, they're really struggling I think they're six points obviously where Hurst went there in the end we've not talked about Hurst for a while since we talked about him for weeks before we um, got caught with him but yeah they're six points away from rele- uh, from being safe and they've got a way worse goal difference. So yeah, I don't, I don't think Hursty's going to be a league manager for very much longer. So, oh, it, you know, if that ends up ends up what happening, either he gets sacked or he is in charge for them in the conference. The the, the turnaround from that playoff final um, when Rotherham scored their goal, the turnaround since then for Paul Hurst has been catastrophic, hasn't it? And I think for me, it's fascinating. It's about picking your club, and that's why I was really surprised that Darren Moore went to Sheffield Wednesday, which are a basket-based mm. club. Yeah, they're in the championship, but. You pick your club, you like you know you, the club, and will determine how long you're going to stay there. Look at and Wilder now, you know he's gone now because obviously they he doesn't he doesn't see eye to eye um, with the board and, and the direction they want to go. But yeah, it, it's it's odd and it just shows you, doesn't it? Football is a, such a fast industry. You can you can you can be top of the game one minute and then yeah, managing Grimsby going into the com- going to the conference another. Yeah, and Kenny Jacket got sacked today as well, didn't he, Ollie? I don't know if you saw that. Um, so he's, mm-hmm. he's out of a job now as well. So it's it, yeah. it never stops, does it? There's always someone else to step up and take charge. But yeah, there we go. Back back to long tangents. Back to the game. Um, yeah, obviously we we did play, as you say, counter-attacking football from that point, and it was a bit too deep, wasn't it? And um, I don't know. It felt. Yeah, we'll get to their goal in a minute. It felt like a little bit that we should have maybe made some changes sooner in the game. We did go on to make a few changes, but we brought Wally on a bit too late. I think maybe he could have come on um, a bit sooner for Chapman, who wasn't really doing all that much, to be honest with you. So, so that looked like a logical change 60 minutes let alone whatever it was 85 minutes or something so yeah I'd, I'd have brought a Wally on a bit earlier and I made some, I'd have made maybe some other changes in midfield just to, to freshen things up but uh, I don't know we, we tried our best we, we we did have chances this went on but um, unfortunately when we had the chances it was after they'd already got back back 1-1 wasn't it and um, yeah not not the best goal to concede Ollie, considering how many defenders were around him no it was poor from a defensive point of view and yeah poor, poor from a goalkeeping point of view I, I did put a question that you know should have Burgoyne saved that and there wasn't many fan, town fans defending him um, you know obviously he only he'll know whether that's true or not because he would have he obviously only he can can tell what what he saw um, but may, maybe it went through a few legs and maybe we've been harsh but it was quite close to him yeah, and I guess you know for a defence of Burgoyne, um, I think he probably should have done better. But the defence is, I suppose, there's so many defenders between him and the ball that maybe he just was that tiny little bit unsighted as, as the ball struck. I mean, it's a pretty clever finish from Washington, isn't it, to just sort of kind of, kind of yeah. wrap his foot around it and put it in the other side of the goal from the Ray sort of heading. Um, but yeah, just uh, disappointing. It just felt a little bit like there was enough defenders there to put some serious pressure on him. Um, they were doing a bit of a jockey, weren't they? Unfortunately, um, which is harsh on the defence because they've been pretty good over the course of the two games this week, but. Um, yeah, one little mistake like that, and you, you suddenly won one, and, you, and you're worrying about going on to lose the game. But as it turned out, it should have been us that went on to win the game, which is unusual away from home, isn't it? Um, because yeah, flipping heck, we, we certainly went on to have a couple of very good chances, didn't we? It was such a bizarre end to the game. Crazy. So we're away against technically a bigger club, yep. um, a club that are higher in the division of and aspirations to get promoted. And we have loads of chances. And um, yeah, Ado has a one-man counter-attack that doesn't even result in a shot on goal. Uh, good defending from the, um, the chart on defender, but that was really poor. Um, and then, then Salop were gifted the ball high up and David passed to Edwards, who slipped. He does seem to slip a lot. Um, and then Wally tried to, to lob the keeper and it was just like, it didn't, didn't feel real, did it? It was almost like someone was playing FIFA and they just kind of gave up. Was, we had all these chances and we just yeah. didn't score. 
I was, I was shouting with anguish a couple of times watching it. Just, oh, I can't, I can't believe they've done that. I mean, go through them one by one. I mean, let's let's go. Let's start with the dough. I think that the general feeling from a lot of town fans, and there's, there's still obviously people who think, oh, yeah, he's young, leave him, he'll come good, and, you know, there's a bit of raw talent there. Fine, I do get all of that, and we've been saying that for years, haven't we? You know, the time he's been here, thinking something will click and he'll start getting more goals. But for me, it just this was a sort of one of those moments where you just think, is he going to get there? Do you know what I mean? It was... He's one-on-one with, with an oldish defender, you know, he's not got a huge amount of pace. He's a young lad, he's quick, you know, let's be honest about it. Just didn't have the, the brain capacity about how to go past Pierce. And essentially, Pierce just sort of continued to sort of jockey him to the point where Ado yeah. just failed himself. And um, it's unfortunate. And I think there's a real moment right on the edge of the box where he, he goes to take his foot back to shoot. You know, there was clearly an angle there to at least have a crack. Um, even if it hits the defender, you know, you never know what happens. He just doesn't do it, does he? And, just, and that's what kind of trips him over in the end. And I don't know, it's a shame. I, I saw a, a fair bit of criticism about that one moment and how um, how it's kind of symptomatic of how he, how it's really gone for him over the course of the two years. And yeah, where, where he'll be next year, I don't know. And, and you know, probably gone to have a career yet. Yeah, we don't know. But just, it's just not happening consistently enough, is it? And these moments do stand out, unfortunately. Yeah, I think I think we, I'd like to see him go to League Two club um, and get a bit of run of games mm. and hopefully he can score some goals. Um, but isn't isn't scoring enough for us? He's plays enough games for us to have scored, and yeah, to think that you know Pierre scored more goals than him, I think, just says everything. Well, so is Goss now, isn't he? <laughs> or pretty much the I same. Think Goss is it? level on him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just pretty mental considering he's hardly played this season. So yeah, it's not been a not been a very good season for for poor Danny as, as it's gone. But um, the, the one saving grace from him is none of our strikers score very many goals, so it's not like he stands out as a terrible striker. It's just one it's not quite gone right for. And he does work hard in the games, as 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 I say. I was talking to this about my dad and, and my brother earlier on today, and you know we, we were chatting, and yeah, it, you know he is a hard worker, and everyone does appreciate that effort he puts into the game. But you do need a bit of an end product, you know, Wally works hard I and mean, he's contributed into sort of 13 goals this season whereas Ado's done I think four with one assist so yeah not great we need more we need more assist. so yeah there we go so um there we go but that wasn't the worst miss however the worst one was the Dave Edwards one Ollie um because yeah. the, ball, the ball into him isn't terrible and if you if you freeze frame that moment where the ball reaches his sort of almost his feet you could stop that moment there and if you had a chance to do it again all you do is you take a very small touch <laughs> then you take another touch forward and you siphon you it into, it into the, the net. Back of the net. Yeah. <laughs> you do not stretch out massively to try and hoof it over the bar. He oh, slips, was, doesn't he? Oh, so unfortunate. It was a gutter that, wasn't it? Yeah, it was absolutely gutting and I think that would have been a bit of, we would have robbed them if we, if we got that win but it would have been, yeah, for, for those fans that aren't so keen on Boya, they would have been absolutely, um, yeah, everyone would have been pretty chuffed to get those to think of those extra two points. I was, I was trying to think, is there, has there been a moment in the years since, it's a couple of years since Edwards came back where he scored a clinching winning goal, you know, something to, to win a game that was tied? I can't remember if there has been. I think been. he has. I think he's done it once. Bradford away in the cup springs to mind. Maybe I'd have to check yeah, that. Yeah, I think that's what it was. Yeah, but he hasn't done it in the league. I, just in this, you know, if he does retire in the season, it would have been nice to You remember track. you were tracking it for ages. You yeah. Know, he's going to get, he's going to score in the league. He's going to score in the league. And then um, I said he did, yeah. but it was the cup. I got it wrong. Um, but anyway, yeah. that's the only one I can remember. So it would have been lovely for him to win a game himself, just to have one of those. If he does retire, just to have one of those last final find of amazing moments. But who knows? We've got whatever sixteen, seventeen games left yet. It might happen. So fingers crossed. And then yeah, Wally trying to love the keeper. That was amazing. To be fair, he spotted the keeper, and it was a pretty decent effort, I thought, on the volley. But um, yeah, then that one went wide. That that was it really. But it was amazing that we had the final sort of three chances, and they didn't. You know, normally we're completely under pressure, aren't we? But wasn't to be Ollie, 1-1, and I'd take that as a result in the end of the day, yeah, great chart, and that's that's pretty decent, isn't it? Yeah, it was a fair result, I thought. I thought it was fair, fair for both fair, fair for both sides. Um so what did Will Brown have to say? Yeah, a tinge of disappointment, thought everyone played really well. Um second half we got stronger and we're lucky not to win, obviously he's referring to those chances that we had. Um it's a good sign that we're disappointing um after you know we're disappointed after drawing to Charlton, which links back to that comment I made in the in the in the first game. Um and yeah, obviously he's really pleased with Pennington, who I thought had played played really well. Um uh, and also links yeah, links on next week where we've only got one game against Hull, so that'll be good to have a give the players a bit of a rest. Um well, we'll need, to, we'll need a rest before we play them because they're in absolutely fantastic form, aren't they, at the moment, as you mentioned before. Yeah. So, yeah, we do need to come into that in a, in a fresh mind, really. Um, Before we get to top three, Ollie, I just wanted to point something out. I had a massive rant about Radio Shops last week and you fairly joined in on it. But this week, the only bit of Radio Shops I listened to because um, the iFollow commentary was like the EFL commentary guy, wasn't it? He yeah. was pretty decent, to be fair. So yeah, it was I just, good. I, I just stuck that. But I thought, half-time, I'll put it on and just listen to whether um, there's been any improvements. 50% of the halftime coverage on Radio Shropshire Sports Show was music. 
50%. I mean, that's terrible, isn't it? You know, I, Mark Elliott was doing the stuff in the studio and, he, he, you know, whatever you were talking about in between was okay. It was a bit of TNS crap and they're not even in Shropshire, but I'll allow it, Ollie. Um, and there wasn't any ice hockey coverage this week at halftime. But, I don't know, to play two songs in one halftime show is, is awful. And I hope they make some changes with it or something happens to, to re- revolutionise Radio Shropshire's sports coverage because it's not great, Ollie. Um, but we did this last week, but I just thought I would listen to, and just point out that 50% thing because, to me, that's too high by about 50%. <laughs> Yeah, it needs a full, a full, full root, root and branch um, review. review. Get Steve uh, Welbelove back. Yeah, that's a good one, Glenn. Classic Glenn. <laughs> <that. laughs> um, so, who do you go for top three, mate? Uh, top three, yeah, I went for Goss. Just a good goal, good all round performance. As we mentioned at the start, um, good forward, good, good at the back. Um, his energy was really important in the game. I thought he, he did some really good interceptions as well in the game. Um, we didn't mention yeah. this going through, but he, he really reads the game well. To be fair, um, I went for Og better second. Um, I just thought he was really good going down his side, um, and he stood out a bit better than Daniels in this one. I didn't. I don't want to be too harsh on Daniels because he had a good week in general. But I thought he he was pretty. He got ripped apart a couple of times by their best player. I thought in that game, but Og better on the other side stood out as, as fairly solid to me. So I went for him a second and. Um, could have given Williams, Ebanks, or Pennington a, a shout here. I, I know Pennington's new into the team, and, and you'd put him in your top three, but I haven't really given Williams some recognition for, for for some of the sort of negatives we've had over the last few weeks when people were calling him a liability. But you couldn't say it was a liability in this game. I thought he was decent, so I went for him third. Yeah, I thought that was fair, Glenn. Um, I went for Goss. Is interesting. My mate um, was talking about Goss as well, saying how he stood out. Um, Pennington, mm. I thought, had a really good game defensively as well. And I thought Walker was good. Walker's decision-making is really good. A few times when he did that fake passes and then passed it out, and I think his passing is really good. He's just a good, really good player. He's improved so much from that that fateful Ludlow day. Um, it's great to see him. It's great to see him back in the side. It's funny you mentioned that Ludlow day because one of the things I remember us noticing when we saw him at Ludlow is he got the ball in central midfield and he pinged it out for a throw-in straight away. And to be fair, he did do this in the game on Saturday as well, but his overall level of performance was much better. I would totally agree with you. He's not the player um, that we thought he, w- he was at, um, at Ludlow. However, having said that, I, you know, I think he'll probably move on and end up probably playing for a League 2 club next season. I don't think he's consistently going to be a League 1 player for us. But in a situation like this where we need filling fill gaps and you know a utility player like Walker is pro- quite quite useful, isn't it, really, I suppose? to play a couple of positions you've been a bit harsh there I don't know just to see where Walker Walker ends up I think as a a utility player who can play in both central midfield and in defence and when we want to play a back three and you you want to manage your budget I think it's a a decent option to have so yeah Yeah, interesting to watch one to watch Utility players never seem never normally start. Not utility. Week. It's not you know. He's not a utility. He can play right back, left back, up front in goal. Um, be the physio. I mean, he's he's a solid central midfielder and he's solid defensive. So that's he kind of covers two positions in the squad. Mm, mm. we'll leave that there Ollie. we'll talk about Walker in, in the yeah. post, post-season game I think when we get to that um, there we go um, and that was it really yeah four points from the week yeah. happy day so um, yeah we'll, we'll leave the match reviews there um, obviously in a good position going into Hull and we'll look at some uh, salad news a bit of an update from Brian and, and some predictions start of the second half Shrewsbury have started well Juju stabbing away as far as Goss that was delightful from Sean Goss so, salad news and predictions to close the pod off. So, Brian had an update um, with the fan base issue, just some question and answers. I haven't actually had a chance to watch it yet, but you did, Glenn. Um, so, yeah, you'd be able to share for those who haven't listened. Um, you know, what was the kind of the outcome from, and what was the main headlines? Well, the main headline was uh, I was going to send some questions in um, and then I realised the deadline was 9 o'clock on Monday morning so I completely missed that but luckily um, a lot of fellow Shrewsbury fans a few of whom have been on the podcast or our listeners that we've, we're aware of um, sent some really good questions in and, and let's just give Brian some credit up front again I would just say as, as a general uh, review um, it was worth a watch because he's just very honest about the situation at the football club without panicking too much but without you know being overly positive about anything that's not to be positive about um, and a lot of it focused on sort of finances season ticket sales and salary which are things we've talked about a lot on here but yeah you know it sort of gave a bit of an update on finances um didn't give any particular numbers about how hard it's hit us other than to say it's hit us quite hard the covid issue um and said basically the only income we've had um that's significant was the money we got from the the premiership bailout which was four hundred thousand pounds but he talked about how that's just two months wages for the football club um so you know it, it doesn't really cover much more than that um so yeah it's sitting out that the situation has been very tough ollie which i think you know we've talked about before you're not you're not going to be massively surprised about that no not a surprise at all um yeah finances in the next few years is going to be going to be tough and it's going to be fascinating to see 
how clubs manage um, and how, how hopefully there'll be some reduction in wages and stuff for, for yeah. players, especially in the championship where it's mental. Um, but I think it's going to be tough the next few years. Um, and as much as the fans can support the club, obviously everyone has their own personal situation. Mm. Um, asking for refunds and things like that would would be yeah would be a challenge for the club. But obviously people have to look after themselves first. They do, and I think a lot of the other more general comments that we'll come to, he kind of always was throwing it back to this next point, which was basically thinking about um, two things, which was which season tickets and next season's budgets and how those two are linked. And he was very keen to sort of stress through talking about next season's budget that obviously the salary cap, which came in um, and we talked about it, uh, you know when it when it came in was was useful for us as a club because it kind of levelled the playing field. But it's obviously been scrapped, like we talked about a few weeks ago. And the rule has now gone back to any football club in League One can spend sixty percent of the income that they make. Now, obviously, that's worrying in some respects that you've got big clubs in this league that are going to make a lot more money than us, so the comp- competitive balance goes back the other way. But also, Brian was keen to express that, um, yeah, what is making up that 60% at the moment? You know, we aren't making that much money out of season ticket sales and additional, you know, match day income. We've obviously had the season ticket money. We'll get it this year again. But what will that look like? Will it will it be a particularly big number? And it, it seems to me that a lot of the things about our expectations the next season are now going to come around. What our income is that can be put against that 60%, you know? Are they going to have to go outside and look for some outside investment to get us competitive in League One? I don't know. But it's that 60% figure and where we're at with income now um, after all the COVID settles down that is going to be the biggest issue into next year, Ollie. Yeah, I'm, I'm really worried about the future of, of League One, League Two football. Clubs don't necessarily have big benefactors who can just come in and just bail the clubs out. And it's it's going to be fascinating. I, yeah, I can only see there being you know deflation in wages to, to help manage this and probably smaller squads. Yeah, and, and obviously the season ticket income is going to be a big part of what makes up that 60%, which was the next question he yeah. had, which was, what are they doing about season tickets? And and didn't, again, didn't want to give too much away. It's obviously being looked at. Um, but, you know, some people asked about offering discounts and, and he pointed out rightly that for every discount we give, that's a discount on our budget for next season, you know, clearly. So it, there's obviously something they're looking at. You know, he kept saying, we're looking at a creative way to, you know, support fans or, or thank fans or whatever the terminology was. But I, I personally think, having, having looked him in, in the eye during that interview um, that I think we'll be getting normal pricing for the season ticket next year it won't have a discount I would be, be really surprised if there was a discount but I, I think there might be something to say thanks like I don't know a shirt or something and, and it's funny because he was talking about the shirts for next season Ollie saying you know we're looking at various options still there's no update we'll, we'll sell them when they come out um, but he very much mentioned that we didn't sell many shirts this season so my logical thought was we didn't sell many shirts this season so we might give everyone a free shirt who knows that was me reading between the lines Ollie but maybe if that was what happened it's it's a bit of a goodwill gesture, isn't it? Yeah, yeah I think you, you know very well my view on this. It's all good and well, you know, the fans. You know, sometimes you have to decide, are you a fan or a consumer? Mm-hmm. Yes, obviously we haven't gone to the stadium. We haven't been able to, what you know, we haven't brought, we haven't got the product that we thought we were going to get going to the game. But yeah, you know, if, if you want if you want a 50% discount, that's fine. But don't whinge when we haven't got a striker. Don't whinge when we're playing 18-year-olds um, in defence and we're conceding goals. You can't have it both ways. Well, we never signed a good strikers when we had full, full. But you know what I mean, like, no, I know. If we got, if, we got if, if everyone asks for a refund and everyone gets fifty quid back, um, and we're not going to have a budget, so it, it kind of yeah. goes both ways. We, we've said this before, though. We, we we both mentioned on the pod. We're pretty honest that we've been in pretty good like, situations through COVID yeah. and, and not being furloughed and you know having our jobs maintained. So we're very lucky, and I, I respect how lucky I've been when I talk to other people around. And I completely understand when people have been in financial hardships to do it. That's a completely different issue, Ollie. I know you're not saying that that's that's unfair, but yeah, yeah I do think that we've got to be a bit realistic about what the club are going to do about season tickets. Yeah, uh, read, that's my read point. In, yeah, reading between the lines, that's what it is. I would I would like it though. And I think the club would be probably behind it for for next season to be about the fans, um, to to try and improve and, and engage and and really put fans at the front and centre of everything this football club does. Because yeah, we'll probably be putting all our money in again. But this is at a time when we've already done it for for two seasons where we had like basically three games for last season and and you know a whole load of games missed last season. I think the club will really want to try and you know make our fans the centre of, of everything that they do next season so who knows I, I think that that's something they could do um yeah anyway. on that point actually just make a comment on that that's a really interesting point it's something that the um, price of football podcast mentioned um, oh, right, obviously okay. uh, obviously kieran who does that has a lot of links in the game and he was talking to a ceo about the fans and i think clubs probably underappreciated how important fans are 
Oh, yeah. um, for, from, from a Premier League point of view, for the products, you know, if you're in Thailand or China or, or wherever you are in the world watching it, you know, the fans, the English fans kind of make make a big impact of the experience. Mm-hmm. And obviously then lower league as well, obviously I think fans are probably appreciated more. But I think the role of fans um, should not be underplayed. And I think clubs are hopefully um, realising how important they are um, in this period. I think so. And I think our club is very good with fans, isn't it? Through the SLO yeah. officers are doing a really good job still. And obviously uh, Sports Parliament will obviously be getting re-established when we're out of COVID, which is obviously something I've been bringing details of on the podcast for years. And, you know, Brian in his role and then the way he interacts with our fans, you know, we couldn't really ask for too much more. So, um, yeah, I think we'll, we'll probably be one of, the, one of the ones that do 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 that recognition, but it won't be, I suspect it won't be through discounts. But who knows? I could be wrong on it. could be wrong. Um Last couple of other bits that you mentioned, really. Um, it was a few questions about streaming, Ollie, um, and whether it would continue for certain fans that have been finding it easier than going to Tuesday night games, for example, and, and the commercial issues of it. And, um, yeah, Brian was saying, basically, <laughs> the commercial side of it is bobbins. Um, he says the money is no comparison to gate money. The average for a home game, he said, this season, I'm watching an eye follow, for non-season ticket holders, so fans that you know don't get the free pass, was only 300 to 400 And at £10 a pop, you know, it's not a lot of money, is it? It's... Um, it's it's bobbins. So yeah, compared to a match day, it's it's nothing. And he said for a game like Fleetwood, it was minimal money. Um, so um, we're not talking about tens and tens and tens of thousands of pounds. It's less than that. So Shit, man, that that means that for home games, yeah, just putting that in context, Glenn, that means we we've taken from extra um, ticket sales. Let's call them ticket sales. Apart from non, we've had a hundred, nearly a hundred k. That's it, man. Like we probably sell more than a hundred k of um, of bloody pies and drinks profits in a in a game. We probably spend more than 100k on coach travel, hotels, yeah. new kit, you know, all of the stuff that needs to keep a football club in the actual players. Food, right? We probably yeah. spend more than 100k on that. So, you know, that's a, a bit of a no-sum game as well, isn't it? So it was interesting. We've been asking for some details on iFollow and the money it makes um, for quite a while, haven't we? So it was interesting to get that um, from, from Brian and, and it, isn't, it isn't great. So I, I get the feeling that Brian was thinking that, you know, the EFL are going to look at ways of continuing to do it because obviously for some fans it's good, but um, I don't think he, he sounded particularly keen and, you know, it's, he, he knows that people are now in a habit of watching it and that's going to be one of their challenges is getting people out the habit and coming back but you know if they don't want to get out of the habit and they don't come back are you losing you know more, more potential revenue then I don't know it's, it's difficult so yeah it was, it was an interesting one um, Chapman Ollie you might want to be interested to learn that Blackburn have a first option on offering another contract so if he does continue to keep doing well, um, not that he has in the last couple of games, I suppose, um, yeah, Blackburn obviously have an option to, to get him signed on for another year but I mean I imagine that would be unlikely wouldn't it considering they haven't been playing him yeah, that's a standard rule, isn't it? They can yeah. do that if they, they have to do that if they want to get a fee as well. So they, if they want to get a fee because he's under twenty four, they have to offer mm. him a contract. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how that one plays out. Yeah, and the last couple of bits were he was thankful a lot of, lot of sponsors this season continue to sponsor the club, um, and that was good. You know, our main sponsors have all signed on despite you know not getting that TV coverage they did. But he did point out, you know, things like pitch side advertising and program advertising they've done none of this year, and you know that's another thousands and thousands of pounds lost for the football club. So again, getting people back and getting programs going again is going to be something key um, next season when we come back. And, and the last thing was, um, well, there was two last things. The last one was a bit funny, but um, he was talking about getting a game live on the Sky there was a town fan moaning that Sky never pick us I mean I wouldn't pick us over the last few years <laughs> pretty much most games have been boring but um, yeah he said interestingly he's not you know the, the amount of money you get off Sky for a live game is almost nothing it's well the same almost nothing but it's it's only 10 to 20,000 um, depending on the size of club you are as sort of like a, a fee for being able to have the cameras there so you know it's, it's always been much better for us to get the cup games and the um, you know the, the cup games on the BBC because you're looking at a lot more money there but yeah I was surprised how little that was on to be honest with you yeah, it just shows you, isn't it, the, the EFL screwing over. Um, obviously, that's agreed with with Sky. You can't really blame Sky for that. It's obviously it's the EFL board that have decided those fees. So, yeah, not good. And yeah, it would be obviously. I'm sure people would appreciate, you know, having, um, you know, some guys in the in the in the studio and all that and stuff. But I guess that's why we get so frustrated with, with BBC Shropshire because that's where we kind of we use that coverage for for pre, for pre and post match entertainment. Mm. Mm, entertainment in an inverted commas on it. Um, so there we go. And the last bit was uh, someone asked him, what does he like to drink? And he said he likes a nice glass of wine. And then he said he's a bit of a vodka snob. And then he went off on this tangent and did an advert for Lidl's vodka. He said, I can highly recommend it. I think, it's called, I think it was called Igneous, the vodka from Lidl. And then he said, oh, it's only nineteen ninety nine. I can highly recommend it. And then jokingly said, as it, as it panned away from him, oh, maybe we'll get some money out of, um, maybe we'll get some money out of Lidl for advertising now. So, you know, always looking for a commercial opportunity Brian you can't really criticise him for that can you 
No, not at all. <laughs> oh well, there we go. So yeah, well worth a watch. Have a, have a watch of it if you can. Um, and Brian, I think, is going to do another one in a in a few months' time again when we get towards the end of the season or when there's a season ticket announcement to give some justification on it. So there we go. That's a sad up news update. We haven't done one for a while. Um, and then we'll go to predictions, Ollie, because you want to mention that you predicted last week completely right, which was fair play. To you. I did. Yeah. I did, yeah. So you think Brian's picking up that bottle of vodka as he leaves the meadow after another stressful day, <laughs> trying to negotiate with agents and um, and the EFL. Um, but yeah, I'm really chuffed with what my predictions this week win. So I predicted a Dale win, yeah, and I predicted a draw at Charlton. And I have to say, Glenn, mm. you were more negative. You you thought we'd get a draw at Dale. You know, we're never going to draw at Dale, Glenn. And um, yeah, you predicted a two nil um, defeat to Charlton, and I went for one or draw. So yeah, it's about time I got some points to be honest, because I'm a bit lagging. I need, we need to check out what the score is. I haven't done it for a while. Yeah, but, um, you need to update it. Yeah, well, you want me to update it now. You've got a couple right, Ollie, so there we go. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I was a bit negative, wasn't I, last week after what we'd seen, but that was fair enough. That's fair enough. Um, we were on a bit of a slump. We were. So, yeah, we're playing Hull uh, next week, aren't we? Um, so I'm going to go for us to lose 2-0, Ollie. <laughs> yeah, Hull, um, Hull at home, isn't it? Yes, yeah, which is which is difficult, isn't it? Um, I, yeah, I, I don't think predicting us to lose 2-0 is, a bit, is harsh or even problematic for us um, because... This is certainly a game that we wouldn't, you know, likely win. Having said that, we beat them at their place 1-0, you know, playing the same kind of style of tactic that we did. Um, but I think this hull we're playing now are very different to the one we came up against. They were just on a bit of a bad run, weren't they, Ollie? Um, and now they're, they're flying. So I wouldn't be upset or particularly bothered if we lost 2-0 at the weekend. Um, obviously, I'd love to see us win. But, you know, there's, there's plenty of games coming up where we've got more chance of getting points. So... Uh, you know, not saying it's going to happen, but I just, I just feel like they'll come. And Doxy's playing really well at the moment. Have you seen? He's been getting man of the match performances for them. So, um, yeah, hopefully he doesn't want to come and embarrass us. That'd be nice. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go for a two-one defeat. Um, I yeah. think that's. I think it wouldn't be a surprise for us to to lose that game, especially with you know Sarsic potentially being out, with Oli Norburn mm. still being out. Um, I think we'd need to be full strength to get something, but. I still go into the game with a, with a tinge of hope. Yeah, uh, I agree. And it's not like, um, and that's one of the good things, isn't it, about supporting a League One side? You know, if you're, I don't know, if you're a Burnley fan and you're playing a team who are top, who are obviously Man City, you've got absolutely no fucking chance, have you? So what we do, <laughs> so we could get something in this game, and and that's why you watch because something could happen. Be crazy to do the double over hole this season. I wouldn't have predicted yeah. that at the start of the year. So um, yeah, we're only ninety minutes away from it. So uh, one game week this week, Ollie coming up, which is good. So we won't, yeah. we won't be uh, too much content. But we're going to get a guest on next week, aren't we? Yeah, um, which will be good. Get a new guest on, so that'll be good. And yeah, um, yeah so it'd be nice to have a guest on and get a few different views. Because yeah, just so we we all, I think we've explained this before. But when we have we've when we have two games in a week, uh, having a guest on, I think we'd, we'd be back a three hour pod. So that's why we <laughs> keep it short. I I regularly listen to a podcast uh, that one of my friends, uh, Gareth Hopkins, came on the podcast a few years ago. uh, called the Laps Fan Podcast, and it's like a, about a sort of historic wrestling. I can't stand wrestling nowadays because I'm, I'm an old and miserable git, but I, I like listening to things that I used to watch when I was a kid. And this podcast is regularly five to six hours and is split what? across two, two episodes, and it's brilliant. I really, really enjoy it. But yeah, there you go. I don't think anyone could listen to us for five to six hours, but there's this, it's highly highly researched, Ollie, and, and, it, and it's very detailed, so um, uh, full of impressions, which we can't do. But there you go. So there are long podcasts out there. I, I don't think you'd be up for that, mate. <laughs> No, I think that's a bit long. Uh, that's a bit long. A bit long for unless we did unless we did one a month or something. Then maybe we could do it. But yeah, I don't think that would work. Yeah, there but, we go. But anyway, good stuff. Well, we'll catch you next week. Uh, say, I hope everyone's mothers enjoyed Mother's Day. If you've got a mother who's a Shrewsbury Town fan or anyone, but um, yeah, there we go. End of Mother's Day. End of a good week for Shrewsbury Town, and we'll be back next Sunday, um, covering the whole game. <laughs>